All right, so today on the podcast, we have Coach Nathan Tanner. He is the head coach at Parkersburg South High School in Parkersburg, West Virginia. Uh, he has coached, he's been a head coach at three different places, Summers County, Martinsville High School, and now Parkersburg South High School. He's done great things at all three places. He's been the head coach, and I know you're going to love listening to him on the podcast today. All right, Coach Nathan Tanner on the podcast today. Coach, welcome to the podcast. Hey, I appreciate you having me, Coach. Coach, uh, this, I think this is the first time we've ever talked face-to-face. We've texted, we've uh, tweeted at each other, but uh, it's good to, good to see you face-to-face to talk to you. Yeah, man, absolutely. Good to see you as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Coach, give the listener a little background about yourself. You've had a lot of success a couple of different places. Uh, I know they would love to, to know about that. Well, um, you know, for, I'll start out with where I grew up. Um, I grew up in Parisburg, Virginia, um, attended Giles High School. Um, it's, a, it, it's a prolific high school football program in Virginia. Uh, they're, they're known for running the single wing. Um, I played for a guy by the name of Steve Ragsdale. He brought the single wing to Giles High School in 1979, I think it was. And um, they still run that offense to this day. But uh, had, had a lot of success there. We uh, we won a state championship and lost in a state championship game um, when I was in high school. Uh, I went on to Concord University, um, played football there for four years, also ran some track, um, played wide receiver there. Um, after I graduated from Concord University, um, I did my student teaching at Summers County High School, and uh, I, I was fortunate enough to get to volunteer and help out while I was student teaching. Um, and, uh, I was an assistant there for two years and, um, then I was extremely lucky. I got the, the head job, um, you know, when I was just 24 years old, um, coached at Summers County for, uh, six years. Um, I was the head coach for four. Uh, we, we, we had, uh, a decent amount of success there, um. We went to the playoffs three out of the four years that I was the head coach. Um, you know, pri- prior to that stint, the school had been to the playoffs three out of 19 years that the school had been open. So um, we were able to, you know, establish a culture there. And um, I think uh, I think those years paid dividends for, for that high school, you know, even to present day. Uh, they've had some success since then as well. Um, after I left Summers County, um, I taught and coached at Martinsville High School in Martinsville, Virginia, for two years. Um, my my wife and I uh, had our first child um, while we were in Martinsville, and we wanted to get back close to family. Um, so that's what brought us to Parkersburg, where I'm currently at Parkersburg South High School. Um, her family's from Spencer, West Virginia, which is about 45 minutes up the road. So that's why we moved here. Um, at, at Martinsville, uh, had, had a had a great experience, a great learning experience. Uh, my first year there, we made the playoffs, and um, we ended up playing Appomattox High School, who was the three-time state uh, state champs. Um, had some really good players. Um, second year, we we had a we had a really really rough year. Um, I had to get rid of our best player on the team that season. Oh, yeah, we we just we took some lumps that year, but um, first year at Parkersburg South, uh, we had tremendous success. Um, 
uh, we were able to, you know, establish our culture really quickly. Kids bought in, uh, coaches bought in, community bought in. Uh, we went 11 and two um, our first year there. Um, had had a great player by the name of Brandon Penn. He was a JR House Award winner, which is quarterback of the year in West Virginia. Um, he he was phenomenal on both sides of the ball, though. He wasn't the only kid that we had. We had several other players that were really good. Um, you know, this season with COVID, uh, we had it, it was probably the craziest football season of my life. Um, you know, we weren't able to lift weights from March. You know, through the middle of June, we ended up having 44 injuries that um, that caused kids to either miss playing time or practice time. Um, you know, and we played seven out of the top 14 teams in the state. You know, which made things really tough. So. Um, you know, right right now that that's where we're at, and uh, you know our our school is on virtual learning mode this week. So uh, as soon as we can get back, we're going to get back in the weight room and you know try to get things rolling again. No doubt, Coach, you've had success everywhere you've been. I mean, you've done a great job at all three places. Talk about your overall. You're talking about your culture. Talking about your overall program philosophy. What does that What does that entail? Well, man, I, I think, um, you know, every place I've been, the, the starting point um, when trying to establish the culture is um, trying to establish relationships with everybody. Um, and when I say everybody, I'm talking about the kids, uh, the guys that you put on staff, um, the teachers within the building, the parents, the community, um, just different stakeholders throughout the entire program. Um, and once the relationships happen, um, you're able to get some buy-in and uh, kind of get some traction as far as, um, you know, implementing the action plan towards the goal. Um, so, you know, all, all three places, uh, whenever I first have gotten there, I kind of cast the vision and explain what the goal is. And then um, from there, try to develop relationships and uh, just execute the action plan. And um, you know, it, it, as far as that action plan goes, the, the stuff that um, I personally try to get done and put emphasis on is, um, one is program alignment. Um, I felt like at, uh, at Martinsville, we, we, were, we were able to do that really, really effectively when I got there. Um, the first coach I hired was the middle school coach and, um, he bought in and did exactly what we did at the high school level. And um, it, it was what, what was really cool and really reassuring. Um, we had middle school kids that would come up and be the ball boy for Friday night. And, uh, you know, in the middle of the game, a, a kid, I, I remember, I remember one story. Um, his name was Boots. He came up after a play. He's like, coach, was that 80 rub? Like they, they knew, they already knew the plays, already knew the system. And, uh, you know, that, that was really cool to see the middle school kids doing exactly what we did. And uh, th it, that philosophy comes from my high school coach, um, you know, where he implemented the single wing. And we had great program alignment there. Um, you run that offense from, you know, fourth grade all the way through your senior year. So the learning curve was, was very, very, uh, I guess the word is slight. When you got to high school, um, you know, there was no install. You just – you just lined up and went. And, um, you know, we're trying to get that done at Parkersburg South. Um, we were able to make some strides with that this year. Um, 
So I talk about program alignment, something else, uh, the weight room, that's the foundation with everything that we do. Um, you know, I, every now and then I'll have kids, you know, ask about scheme and plays and stuff like that. And, uh, something I always tell them the best plays that we have on our program are the squat, the bench press and the hand clean. <laughs> yes, and, sir. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, and I tell kids that if we suck at those, we're probably going to be pretty bad on the field as well. So, um, you know, program alignment, weight room, relationships. Um, you know, when you ask about the philosophy, that that's really what we're about. And, uh, you know, we, we also, you know, the, looking at the big picture, we're trying to produce our, our boys into productive young men. And, um, you know, something that we started this year at Parkersburg South, uh, I got it from Tim and Brian Kite. Um, they were the, uh, mm. the father is the quote unquote, you know, culture coach of Ohio state. And, um, they have something called a culture playbook. And, um, you know, when you walk into our weight room, it's on the wall. You know, kids see it, they hear it all the time. Um, we have three things that we live by, and that's uh, uncommon effort, selflessness, and elite toughness. And uh, we try to, you know, shape everything that we do and implement that, you know, within practice, within our life, uh, within the weight room, everything. And uh, you'll see us talk about no BCD as well. Those are behaviors that we don't tolerate uh, that's within our philosophy as well. That stands for no blaming, complaining, or being defensive. And um, I've I've had kids come up to me. I've had you know coaches on our staff. It it it's a lifestyle. Um, they catch themselves throughout the day. You know, it, it's really easy whenever things go bad to blame somebody or complain or get defensive. And you know, it, my wife does it to me. She should be like Nate, no BCD. <laughs> so yeah, right. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, that that's a big part of what we do as well. That's awesome, Coach. I, you know, I, I followed you on social media for a while, and we texted, and I, I just know that you do a great job building programs and getting them on the right path and doing great things with them. Uh, talk about your offensive philosophy a little bit, because I know you're – I mean, from what I've seen, you're not single wing now. Like, you're more spread. So, talk about why you've chosen that style. Well, um, you know, my, my offensive philosophy, uh, a lot of it, it – we are spread, but a lot of it um, – you know, I, I would say is derived from, you know, me playing in the single wing and stuff in, in regards to, in regards to like misdirection and deception and stuff like that. Um, but at Concord, um, a guy named Mike Keller, he came in my junior and senior year. He's a Glenville State head coach now. But um, he played for Rich Rodriguez and uh, he brought in a lot of the spread and up-tempo stuff my last two years there. And, um it had a real profound impact on me as a player because um, it made football probably simpler than I had ever experienced it. Mm. And um, he used to say, we're really simple, but we're sophisticated at the same time. And what he meant by that was, you know, we, we ran a limited number of plays, but we mixed tempo in and we used, you know, multiple formations to execute those plays. So I, you know, it, Throughout my coaching career, I've, I've tried to kind of keep that philosophy intact and, um, you know, use that as a weapon. But, um, you know, especially right now, Parkersburg South, um, we're, we're a spread offense. I would say um, 
last not this past year but our first year here we were um we were a lot more multiple in what we did um i think this year we were we we were kind of limited because we had a lot of young guys playing had a lot of injuries so we couldn't really expand or build on what we Mm. were doing um tempo is a really big part of what we do um i think uh i think it catches folks off guard and um you know it, it gives us you know, a prime time advantage in games. Um, we we don't use it the entire game, but when we do use it, it's been highly effective. Um, I'll throw a statistic out there, and uh, you brought this up. You know, it's all about dudes, which I agree. But um, my my first year here, um, our red zone efficiency was at like ninety five percent. We scored ninety five percent of the time uh, when we were in the red zone, and a lot of that was attributed to tempo. If we hit a big play and got in, got in the red area, we were, you know, it was almost a guarantee that we scored. So um, it, it's it's been a really big thing, you know, with what we do. Yeah, I, we like we use a wristband, so we don't huddle. But I wouldn't call us up tempo. Uh, right. Maybe like you were saying, like 2019, maybe more. Uh, we we're definitely a lot faster football team in 2019. Like you were talking about stats, like our yardage is about about the same as it was through six games last year, but our points per game was way down because we're having to go like seven, eight, nine, ten plays. And, you know, in high school, you're going to make a mistake. Right. Um, whereas in last year, we go like five plays, touchdown. You know, you break yeah. a 30-yard touchdown, and when you don't have the ability to do that, oh, man, that's hard to call plays because it's like, man, you know, that place you go for 30, and it's like seven. Yeah, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, coach, I, I I'm with you, man. We we're in the same spot. Um, it was uh, it was weird because, you know, this year we get in the red zone, and last year was like automatic. You know, mm-hmm. it knew exactly what we we're gonna do. We we're gonna get it in the end zone. You know, kept it simple, and it, and it was very effective. Um, this year, I feel like when we got in the red zone, it was just like some weeks it was almost like reinventing the wheel, just trying to get points on the board. Um, Cause like you said, if you, if you don't have a dude um, that you can really, really lean on, sometimes it makes it extremely tough. Yeah. I mean, red zone to me is all about, this is, I love this. I love like the, the, like you were talking, like just the intricacies of offense. Um, yeah. You know, in the red zone, you have to either one run somebody over or make or run away from somebody. And when you can't or, or jump over a guy and make a catch. And when you can't do any of those three, it really limits you as far as being down there, you know, because the field shrinks, right? And you, you don't have the yes. space you had, you know, in the middle of the field. So, you know, like, what are some things you like to do in the red zone? You don't have to give away your secrets. But like, what are some things you like to do, like, if personnel is all equal? Like, what are some things you like to do down there? Uh, if personnel is all equal, I, I like to remain spread. Uh, I try to use every blade of grass horizontally because – you talked about the field shrinking. That is the one part of the field that remains the same, the width. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if, if you can, if you can um, get as many people out of the box as possible, you know, you can do stuff um, inside the box. But um, whenever people, you know, keep everybody in the box and uh, dial up all kinds of pressure, we, we try to get the ball on the perimeter, um, whether that be with uh, jet sweep, um, you know, we, we've ran speed option quite a bit the last two years and that that's been highly effective. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like using motion, 
um, in the red zone as well. Um, we, we use a, a variety of motions. We use jet motion and I call it, I call it flash motion with the tailback. Um, mm. You know, not more than anything, just for smoke and mirrors for, you know, second and third level defenders. Um, if you can get, if you can get an inside backer to, you know, take his eyes out of the box for a split second, that can be the difference in um, like what you were talking about running over a dude or not running over a guy. Um, mm. You know, Anytime I've had a quarterback um, that was a productive runner, I like using quarterback runs in the red zone. Um, I talked about the flash motion. When I was at Summers County, we did that a lot. Um, one kid we had, he was uh, like a 4-5, four, 4-6 four, type kid, could really burn. Um, the following year, the kid was kind of like a Tim Tebow type. And mm. we would use that flash motion and run power or wedge. Um, just to kind of get guys off, off, off kilter to where their eyes were getting out of the box, and we just run it downhill. Now, um, if we noticed that people, you know, weren't paying attention to the motion, we, you know, rip screens out of the box. And uh, right, yeah, that's good, coach. Yeah, I mean, that's one of my big, one of my big projects this all season is red area. Um, you know, we struggled, you know, trying to find ways to get that ball in. Um, you know, when you, cause when you have like 369 yards offense and you score like 14 points, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, know, it's a, gotta, it's a, it's a, it's a ball breaker, man. It kills you. <laughs> yeah. Like get the ball in the end zone, you know, or when you're trying to, you know, throw the ball downfield and you can't connect or, you know, and our, one of our big things was penalties inside the red zone just killed us. Um, yeah. you know, a hold, uh, you know, this, a false start, you know, or turn the ball over, right, or drops, um, you know, trying to, you know, get that ball in. Because between the 20s, I mean, I think we were we were really good. And then yeah. you get inside the 20, it's like, well, you know. And then, you know, it comes down to, you know, in high school, like some, like we had a kicker, a kid that's going to be a pretty good kicker, I think. But then, you know, he was just kind of raw and do you trust him and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, um, so Coach, talk a little bit about your defensive philosophy that pairs with your offensive philosophy. How do you, how do you put those two together? Um, defensively, we're, we're a three, four team. And, um, you know, I talked a lot about tempo with offense. Um, I feel like offensively we, we we're very aggressive. Um, you know, I, I talked about this past season, some, we, we didn't have, um, the playmakers per se that we had the, the first year, but you know, the, the philosophy remained the same. Um, we texted a couple of days ago and we, we still averaged, you know, over 400 yards of offense, but the the point production was down. But um, defensively, we we try to we try to marry that same you mm. know mentality. We're we're, uh, we're very aggressive. We bring a lot of pressure. Um, we, you know, the first it, our first year here, we played a lot of man in the secondary. Um, this year, we had uh, it. It was a little tougher because we had. Um, one corner was a sophomore. Um, we had another corner that was a freshman. Uh, mm. You know, 140-pound kids that run five flat 40s. And, um, you know, we had several injuries, so we were plugging kids in. So, th this year, it really didn't matter what we were doing. But, um, yeah, it, you you asked how the philosophies kind of marry each other. We're, we're aggressive, bring pressure, um, you know, not don't play scared. Uh, we'll put our kids on an island, and uh, you know, depend on them to, to 
to play a lot of man and um you know uh in regard in regards to coverages we don't just play cover zero every single play we we play a lot of cover three and play a lot of quarters as well but um mm. you know we try to keep that same philosophy of being aggressive and uh, just getting after people no doubt I, you know I, I have a really good defensive coordinator coach Hughes um who's been on the podcast as well and and we were a lot of head, like man to man, a lot of man to man this year. And then, but then, you know, like you talk, we talked about earlier, like injuries. I mean, we, and then like kids not playing because of COVID or, you know, in the Kanawha Valley, the transfer portal is always open. So we had like 14 guys that would have started for us who either had season ending injuries or they transferred or they didn't play because of COVID. So and when your roster is yeah, like tough. 25, you know, like that's tough. Um, yeah. But, I mean, just trying to stick with your core philosophy, even though, you know, like, hey, the, the matchup may be bad, but you're trying to teach, like, what you what you believe in. What What's your thoughts now? Like, like at what point do you just kind of like, okay, this is my philosophy, this is what we do as a program, but our kids, for some reason, are struggling. Like, do you ever change and try to meet and try to, like, give your kids a shot to do what they can do, I guess is what I'm saying? Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. I, I think, um, you know, I, I, as I've gotten older, um, I think I think I've changed some in in those regards. Like, hmm. for example, like at, at Summers County, we had a year we went when we went one and nine, had tons of freshmen and sophomores playing, had a bunch of injuries, and. Uh, I felt like every single week I was I was changing things, you know. That it, which, in turn, I was kind of putting more on to on the kids. Whereas mm. uh, this past season, I felt like as the weeks went on, it got simpler and simpler. It, like we were taking things away, you know. Yeah. And um, I, I think in that case, you know, less is more whenever you're having to do that. But um, you know, in regards to what your kids can do. Yeah, I, I I think it sometimes you have to dial stuff way back and uh do whatever you can to put them in a situation to be successful. I'll give you a prime example. Um you know, uh our first year at Parksburg South, um we we were all gap schemes up front. Ran a little bit of outside zone when we ran jet, but that's about it. Um ran a lot of one back power, ran trap, ran some ISO. Um this year, our offensive line was a little different. Um, our guards couldn't move quite as well. So, you know, trap and power were not near as effective as, as it was the first year. And um, about, I would say, three-quarters of the way through the season, um, I kind of had to come to Jesus with myself and looked at our offensive linemen, you know, that we had at the moment and ha had a lot of young guys that we're going to have in the next couple of years. Hey, we got several kids that are, you know, 250 to, you know, 285 hmm. type kids, not, not, uh, not kids that move great laterally, you know, so didn't have a lot of kids that could pull, you know, and whenever I say pull, I'm talking trapping or rapping. So, um, we, we, we went ahead and moved to, you know, all inside and outside zone and the, the last couple games, um, I'll talk about the park game. That was our last game. Uh, ran, you know, exclusively inside zone the, the whole time. Ran some outside zone as well. But um, we were at our tailback. He he broke the 100-yard mark, and we were able to 
you know, get a mm-hmm. running going soon. Uh, some. So I, I think, um, you know, I think you you try you try your best to keep it within your philosophy, but you know, at, at times you got to tinker with scheme to to help it fit your kids. No doubt, coach. Coach, that's awesome. Coach, as we we land this plane today, talk about uh, you know what does it take to be a, a head coach at such a young age? I mean, you were 24 years old. Like, what are some things that uh, you did to prepare yourself to become a head coach? And then what's some advice? Two part question. Then what's some advice you would give to people who want to be a be a head coach? Oh man the the first question you asked, what do you do to prepare yourself? Um, I, <clears throat> When I was at Summers County, I, I coached um, football, basketball, and track. Um, and um, my first year there, uh, I was 22 years old um, when I started student teaching. And that spring, I was a long-term sub in a special ed class. And um, every year, they had, like, had a different track coach. And um, I told you I ran track at the beginning of the podcast. So, the athletic director, he asked me if I had any interest in it, and I said, absolutely. So um, I took on that job, you know, with no preparation, um, just kind of dove right into it. Um, and a- as an assistant, I tried to do everything I possibly could uh, to help the program, whether that be do the laundry, paint the field, take kids home, you know, uh, talk to parents, do do whatever. So – um, that, that would be a, a, a big thing I would advise people, um, you know, that are aspiring head coaches is do, do, do as much as you possibly can. Um, you know, wh- whether that be stuff involving the scheme or stuff, just, you know, program type stuff at the time, we, uh, Summers County didn't really have a weight program either. So I, I took that on as well. So just trying to get your, get your feet wet and as much stuff as you possibly can. Because um, I, I, I coached basketball with a guy. He's an older fella, and he, he made this comment to me, and, it's, and it rings true. Um, you know, everybody's – he said, everybody's ready to be a head coach until it's time to be the head coach. <laughs> oh, man, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah. and, um, you know, he, he said that before I became the head coach, and um, – you know, once you once you become the head guy and it's all on your shoulders, um, you know, what I was saying is, as far as advising people to get their feet wet in everything, if you have if you haven't experienced, you know, everything per se, then you're not going to be ready. <laughs> um, mm, yeah. Because as you know, coach, being the head coach, it, it, it's I would say the X's and O's is probably you know, maybe less than 10% of it. Um, yeah. You got to, you got to deal with so much more stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just, just get involved as much as you possibly can. And, uh, you know, I think um, something else you got to, I guess you call it a lifelong learner. You know, you got to mm-hmm. learn as much as you possibly can. I mean, every single day. Um, I know, I know, you're like that you're reading books podcasts you know online um i mean there's resources for days out there um when it comes to learning football learning program learning culture stuff um Mm -hmm. what what was the second question you asked so like what's 
like what's advice you would give to somebody who wants to um like be a head coach you know what i mean like yeah i mean you've answered it pretty much out it was like a two-part question it was basically the same yeah. question you know yeah, like, I, I mean like i said just, just get your feet wet um with as much stuff as you possibly can i think um you know i'm still really young i'm only 31 years old but mm -hmm. uh at a young age, when I first started my career, I, I coached as much as I could. It wasn't, it wasn't just football. And I, I think, uh, you know, if you're trying to be a head football coach, um, coaching other sports um, will just mm -hmm. diversify your, your skill set. It gives you more tools in your box. And, um, you know, because you're working with more than just football kids. You're working with different sets of peer groups and, and everything. You're having to strategize in different ways. And, um, you're having to counsel different types of kids. It's, uh, it, it, looking back on it it, it, it was all great experience and great prep for me to, you know, mm. it's really helped me with where I, I am right now. Yeah, no doubt, man. I, 31, man, I, that's awesome. I became a head coach at 29 and <laughs> I, I don't know how you did that at 24. That is, that's incredible to be a yeah, head coach. You, you know, look, looking back on it, um, yeah, it's kind of crazy to think about, but uh, I, I tell kids this. I tell guys on staff, you know, um, you know, as an individual, you gotta you gotta really really believe in what you're doing and where you're going. And uh, if you have that, you know, you, you can you can be whatever you want, you know, whenever you want, really. But um, I think uh, I think something else too. Um, when people get presented opportunities, sometimes sometimes they get scared to jump and mm. uh you know I, I i tell people all the time i i had uh i had an assistant this past year um he had lived in parkersburg his his entire life and uh he had a a new job opportunity in a different state and you know he was kind of back and forth on it and you know you ask people what their vision is and then you kind of go from there and i was like man you know you may not get it again so go ahead and jump you know it, you can always move back. You can, but uh, sometimes you never get that opportunity again. So, you know, when opportunities arise, you just got to take it. Somebody once told me opportunity only knocks once. You know, you have to answer it when, when that time comes because um, it may not be there forever. And that's, that's good wisdom, Coach. You're a wise man, Coach. I love it. <laughs> man, I appreciate it. I try, uh, you know, like I said a little bit earlier, you know, um, when it comes to being a head coach, you got to be a lifelong learner. You got to try to get better every day. Um, you know, whether it be X's and O's, whether it be culture, whether it be, you know, just self growth too, you know? That's absolutely coach coach. Thank you for coming on, on this rainy veterans day. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your wisdom with us, man. I, I appreciate you having me. I, um, like I said, it's always fun talking ball. Absolutely. Coach. Appreciate you. All right, man.